Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. See website for details. Really adds to our time here. I'm not going to be looking into Hebrews um, as a lesson today because, as I said before, um, what we've been doing in Hebrews and the theme is, who is Jesus? Jesus of Nazareth, Jesus the Messiah, and, you know, Hebrews starts with the whole concept of Jesus, the Son, was with the Father in the beginning at the creation. And on it goes. And Jesus is the exact representation of his Father. And, and all of this, Jesus is superior to the, the angels, all of the heavenly crea- uh, host, if you will. Jesus is superior to them. They worship him as they worship the Father. Jesus is superior to Moses, to Abraham. Not that they're bad, but he's superior to them. They awaited him. They were looking for him. They prophesied of him. That's who Jesus is. And the whole letter to the Hebrews was written to the Jewish Christians so that they would not forget who Jesus is. Don't put Abraham and Jesus on the same level. Don't put uh, uh, Moses and Jesus on the same level. You remember what happened at the transfiguration? When when three of the apostles was there and they saw Jesus speaking to two others as they were transfigured. These two others were were, uh, patriarchs of old that had come and were speaking. And Peter's suggestion was, let's build three um, monuments to these three. And just as he was starting out talking about doing that, God spoke from heaven, this is my beloved son, listen to him. We can't ever forget that we need to put Jesus and keep Jesus where he belongs. That's what the Hebrew letter is about. Now, there's been many attempts to teach us who Jesus is, trying to uh, level him out, uh, make him equal with, or some other specification that men do that's just totally wrong and improper. So I want to go back to uh, the only the, the, the test that we have in our life is to not go beyond what is written. And that is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 4. We had a whole lesson on it here uh, a while back. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul writing to the, um, to the church there in Corinth. And he says, he starts with this, so that do not judge anything before the time. 
until the Lord shall come, who shall also both bring to light and hidden things of darkness and shall make manifest the counsels of the heart. And then shall each have his praise from God. Now these things, brethren, I have transferred in their application to myself and to Apollos for your sake. And here's the one, that you may learn it, uh, learn in us the lesson of not letting your thoughts go above what is written, that you may not be puffed up one for such one against another. And that's the product of going beyond what is written. It always causes this idea of of some sort of um, puffed up thinking, uh, elevating one thing above another. We just cannot go beyond what is written. And we have a statement in Christendom uh, today. Today, it's been said a long time ago. Uh, I don't know how far back it goes, but this is a statement that even though Jesus is with his Father right now in the kingdom, in the household of God, if you will, the kingdom of God. But there's a statement that is used about Jesus no matter where he was during his ministry or everything else by, by Christendom, that is all people who are involved in, in the uh, Christian faith. Uh, many are far afield, but nonetheless, they will say Jesus was God or Jesus is God. And the statement has caused a lot of confusion to those naming Christ Jesus as their Savior. And it violates, it violates what I just read to you from the Apostle. In application. Because we're going beyond what is written. Even though I understand the thought. The thought is that Jesus is, is from heaven. He is the Son of God. And on and on. And that's all very true. But it is Jesus who defers to his Father, always. God expects men and women to honor their, their earthly Father. He holds us accountable if we don't. That's a principle. It didn't come from us. We didn't, we didn't come to that on our own. Men didn't say, you know, we should be honoring our parents. No, we know that. We've been told that, but where did we get that? We got it from God, of course. It came from, from God to Adam, and Adam and Eve, and that's how it is. That's the principle we live. We understand that. We have the same principle in the heavenly realm. And it doesn't lessen who Jesus is is at all does you honor in your father lessen you in your own eyes or, or your father's eyes or your neighbor's eyes no if anything it would change it would it would elevate you in in the eyes of uh, men 
because it's a wonderful principle, but it's a godly principle. How does saying that Jesus is God violate this passage that I just read? Well, the first point is this. That phrase is not found in the Scripture at all. Um, just the opposite. Actually, um, in Hebrews, if we go back to Hebrews just a little, we can't get away from Hebrews, you know. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, in, that, in, in the description here about Jesus, who being the exact radiance of his glory and the expression of his substance and upholding all things by the, by the word of his power, having made uh, by himself the purification of sins, set down himself on the right hand of the greatness of on high, taking a place by so much better than the angels as he inherited a name more excellent than they. Now, these two verses are about who? Jesus, the Son of God. This is who he is. But this, his, his greatness, even his work, is all qualified and in deference to the greatness on high. Who tells us how great the Father is in heaven? His Son, Jesus Christ. That's, where, that's how we, we know the right way to think about these things. Now, l- trying to, as the creeds do, even making a, a mathematical equation that wants to uh, elevate uh, a um, trinity-type uh, thing of the Godhead and make it 33 and a third percent of power, holiness, greatness, and on and on and on. Those things are not found in the Bible. That's not in the Bible. The Nicene Creed is not in the Bible. And they, whoever wrote the Nicene Creed did a very poor job of getting the Word of God onto a piece of paper that they had in front of them. It's not accurate. It's misleading. And for the life of me, I can't understand why it had to be done. It, you know, most creeds are to simplify the things of God for the masses. Well, it's simplified it all right, but it's, all, but it's wrong all the way through. It's confusing. <clears throat> and then number two, it's not specific enough because it's using, talking about names. You know, a name, we have a, a name that we were given, our first name. Well, there's a lot of folks walking around with our name. And I don't want to be uh, accused of what old Neil did over here somewhere else, you know. Now, I'm sure I could find a, a great one out there somewhere, too. But you see the problem with that name? That's not it. That's not what name means. The name of Jesus that was talked about here uh, in uh, Hebrews um, is higher than the other. It's not the name. It's it's who it is. It's, the name is like nomenclature. When you buy a piece of equipment, it tells all about it. 
in the nomenclature. That's why I'm saying all about Jesus would we know. The nomenclature of Jesus is the greatness of his name. Not the, it's not the name given. Matter of fact, you know, the Bible, the name of Jesus was what? He shall be called Emmanuel. Was that his name? Or was it Jesus? He, uh, he's God with us. Jesus told his apostles, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. You have heard the Father. You have been in the presence of the Father because the Father and Jesus are one in purpose, but they are the Father and Son. And Jesus is out of the Father. Remember? That's what the Bible teaches. Jesus is out of the Father. He came from the Father. And number three, Jesus of Nazareth is the subject that we're talking about. He's also known as the Son of Mary. The Son of Man, as he claimed himself to be. Because why? He was a man. 100% man. Jewish man from a Jewish woman. A virgin. His soul, his spirit was, was from heaven. He was the Son of God. He came to live in the body of Jesus of Nazareth. And also, he had been sent by his father to be Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Mary, the Messiah of the Jews, the promised Messiah from Genesis chapter 3 all the way till then. Let's look at John, John, 7, uh, John 20, verses 17 and 18. John 20. Very powerful verses here. Now, just verse 17, actually. When Mary was looking for Jesus after the crucifixion in the tomb, and the tomb was empty, she found him, or he found her. But here's what happened. She wanted to take hold of him. But Jesus says to her, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended. To my father. He has been resurrected. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene comes bringing that word to the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had said, these things to her. Did you grab the, the, the weightiness of what Jesus said? His Father and his God. Do you believe it? I believe what Jesus says. Everything he said, including that. Even though I know that what he said there destroys the man-made religion that many people are living under. Completely shatters it. Jesus wants us to believe what he says because he was sent by the Father to say the very things that he said. You know, those words have been in our scripture for almost 2,000 years. And there isn't 
a church or an enemy of Christ anywhere in the world that has taken that out of the Bible. Why do you suppose that is? That's the providence of God. God will not allow his word to be removed from his creation. We have it. We can have great confidence in it. That's what I mean. How careful we should be about the word of God. How careful we should be. And we need to know the nature of the Father and the nature of the Son and the nature of man, his creation. We need to have an understanding of the concept of the Spirit and the holiness of the Spirit and the fact that the Spirit can also be unholy, but not God's Spirit, the Spirit of other things. Just understanding the Word. Because in English, you know, we, we have a real, we have a weakness and in most languages. You know, we try to, we take a word and then we, then we want to understand it on whatever level that, that we want and we don't care what other people have. But we have to be able to communicate with each other and understand that the breath of God in the Greek means spirit. Spirit is breath. It's the movement of God's word, the breath of God. As it says, I think, in 2 Timothy 3.16 or 15. Um, now, the passage that many people continue to use to prove that Jesus is God is, is I'm going to share with you. It's in Mark chapter 2 and um, just a few verses in that chapter. It, it's concerning a miracle that, that we find. Mark chapter 2, starting with verse 1, and it brings up a word that's real important that we're going to look at uh, today, and then we'll probably let off on this lesson until next week. Mark chapter 2, I said. And this, this will define why we have such trouble with the English and the, and the understanding of things. But speaking about Jesus, he entered in again to Capernaum after several days, and it was reported that he was at the house. And straightaway many were gathered together so that there was no longer any room, not even at the door. And he spoke the word to them. Jesus was speaking to them. And there came to him men bringing a paraplegic, born by four. And not being able to get near to him on the account of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was, and having dug it up, they let down the couch on which the paraplegic was lying. But Jesus, seeing their face, said to the paraplegic, Child, thy sins are forgiven thee. But certain of the scribes, those that were in the home there listening to Jesus, they were there sitting and reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man thus speak? He blasphemes. Who is able to forgive sins except God alone? Now you see the problem we're going to have here? Of course, now this was their reasoning. 
but they're 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 really correcting or thinking who can forgive sins but God. All right, it goes on and straight away, Jesus, knowing in his spirit that they are reasoning thus with themselves, said to them, "Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paraplytic, Thy sins are forgiven thee, or to say, Arise, take up thy couch and walk. Now listen to this. But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paraplytic, To thee I say, Arise, take up thy couch and go to thine house. And he arose up straightway, and having taken up his couch, went out before them, so that all were amazed and glorified God, saying, We never saw it thus. All right. Some take from that, Jesus is God. Why? Well, he just performed a visual miracle. The man was a paraplegic; He couldn't move. And now he's picked up his mat, his couch, and walked out. And also, Jesus said that his sins were forgiven. So Jesus left it to them to weigh, to measure which was greater, sins or the miracle of the healing. From that, people say, Jesus is God. Well, here's, here's the key. We would never know with our own vernacular the truth of it. But, in the, but the Greek has words for different things that we translate best we can sometimes. And the word here is the word where Jesus says, so that you may know that the Son of Man has power. The word power that we use there. Or authority. Some of our scriptures use the word authority. It's a good English word for both. What does it mean? Well, the word is 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 this. The word is um, uh, exio, exia, exia. I guess I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but e x o u s i a, and it means authority. Power in the English, in uh, the, the Greek word is actually describing an action, a capacity or ability to do something grand or miraculous in this case, but the power to do so has been delegated to that individual. Delegated authority. Jesus made no bones about this, friends. His miracles, the things that he did, even the words he spoke, all, their origin is in his Father. That's the key. Now, does that make Jesus less in your mind? It doesn't me. No. He is exactly as he should be. And he's, he's giving God the credit. You know what they, they heard? In their language, they understood what Jesus meant. They understood that Jesus saying, 
so that you understand that I have been given authority to do this. And then he said the words. That's what they heard. That's not what we read in our Bible, unfortunately. We don't come to that. We're being very literal um, in, in our thinking many, many times. So this is the case. Let's look at John 14.10. I have it here. Um, this is an important scripture. I want to refresh my mind. John 14, John 14.10. Believest thou not that I am in the Father, and that the Father is in me? The words which I speak to you I do not speak from myself, but the, but the Father who abides in me, he does the work. You want to know who Jesus is? This is who Jesus is. And it's very important. I'll never forget years ago sitting in a, uh, a group that I admired because they were taking a stand for being creationists. And it seemed like every time, and I heard it two or three times before I said something, Every one of the speakers would always bring the fact up that Jesus was the creator of the universe. Why? Because most of their Bibles, their translations, said that, that, um, that the, the, the world was created by Jesus. By Jesus. What's that mean to you? Well, in an English speaker, that means that person did it. And that's what they were saying. And, and I knew what it meant, but for a while I thought maybe they did too, but I, I, I came to understand they didn't. And finally I said something to the speaker. I said, you know that word by is, is the Greek word uh, die for through. Through. Just like the passage says, God through his Son created all things that are. Is, is, that, is that a difference? Is it different than Jesus being the creator of all things or through him? The, the, the situation is subtle. Nonetheless, that's where we are in, in the world of Christendom, and it needs to be changed. It needs to be, uh, we need to be better informed. Of the, of the language. We need to obey the rules of interpretation, grammar, and the parts of speech that we would in any other, any other book, any other textbook, or any other uh, discipline of learning. We want to know the truth of it. We want to know the intricacies of it. The Bible is the same. You know, the Bible is the only book in the world, the only thing that, is, that we can say, well, that's not what it means to me. Are you going to get away with that in, the med in medical school? You've just been taught how to operate here, but I'm going to do it my way. Doesn't make a lot of sense, does it? <laughs> no. We don't live that way in any other aspect of our life. We can't do it in the things of God either. Now, 
before we go, I'm, I'm going to look at uh, three other passages, and, and then I'm going to cease on this for today. These passages confirm by using the exact same Greek word, exousia, I guess it would be. John 17, 2. John 17, 2. This is Jesus' prayer to the Father. We're real aware of this one. 17.2. What's he say? <clears throat> Son may glorify thee as thou hast given him authority. That word is exousia. Over all flesh. Thou hast given him authority. Given him authority. He didn't take it himself. It's been given to him over all flesh. And that's a big thing. All that thou hast given to him, he should give them life without end. Okay? The same word, the same thought. Let's look at Matthew 28, 18. Jesus said to the... Uh, um, to the apostles just before he he was taken up before he ascended and Jesus coming up spoke to them saying all power has been given to me in heaven and upon earth and then he told them what they should do <coughs> with that one I have a hard time understanding how anyone can't understand that what Jesus has been doing and the powers that he has have been given to him by his Father. And yet, you know, it just doesn't seem to register. Uh, John chapter 5. Gospel of John chapter 5, 25 through 27. Verily, verily, I say unto you that an hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they that have heard shall live. For even as the Father has life in himself, so he has given to the Son also to have life in himself and has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the son of man. Those verses got it all. Same word, exousia, which is the capacity and the ability to do what he said. When he said to that man, your sins are forgiven, Jesus had the capacity to do that because of the Father. Is that lessening Jesus in your understanding? Not mine. Jesus is doing the will of his Father, and he's in agreement with his Father. Jesus is all the things that the Scripture says he is. God created all there was through his Son and for his sake. He's involved. But we can't take our man-made formulas and things and try to 
and try to manipulate something into something that we think is more reasonable. Do we, can you understand how God can do that? I don't know how, but he, he does, and he did. So that's just, that's just part of knowing who Jesus, more about Jesus that I think we need to know. There's more to say, but I won't say it today. But I want you to consider that. And have confidence in God's word. In every in everything that it says and does. When God says that men can will be saved through his son and through the terms of pardon that his son has set forth and sent the apostles out to preach the terms of pardon in the gospel, you can know that everything the Father requires to have your sins forgiven and to live with him forever in the kingdom of God after you put off this body and even in this life, you can believe that it is absolutely true and the authority to do so, Jesus had. And by the way, you know, the apostles were sent out the same way that Jesus was sent from heaven, the apostles were sent from Christ himself to go into the world to preach this, this message, the gospel, the terms of pardon. That's why I say know those terms of pardon, obey those terms of pardon, and live a life in Christ. That's our obligation. So with that, I will cease my words for Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.